Welcome to The Ordinary Pastor, where we dive into ordinary pastors and their everyday conversations. You're back with Rach Bedell, and I'm here with J.P. Tronio. So good to have everyone back with us. Hope you all are doing amazing. Excited to be here today. Yeah. We were just talking before, and J.P. was telling about he was having a conversation with a lead pastor from a different church and asking how to handle and how to build the church post-COVID. So we thought, hey, why don't we just talk about that on here today? Yeah, one of the reasons for uh, the podcast is to share insight with pastors and leaders that um, specifically within their context might not have the resourcing or the help or the ability to do what maybe the bigger churches are doing. And um, this conversation recently, it was a couple of days ago, sparked something in me to be like, wow, I wonder how many guys, men and women, um, are thinking about how to keep their church going um, how to maybe quote unquote go back to what was or how to move forward with what is happening post uh, COVID. And so uh, one of my buddies called and we were talking and he just simply just said like, we are not seeing the numbers back. We're not seeing people come back. We feel like we're not taking ground. And, you know, put this, put the, I hate saying this, but it's, it's, it is what it is. Like put the spiritual hat on. It's like, okay, like first and foremost, like the church of Jesus will never end. It'll never be defeated. It'll never die. Um, and so we can rest assured in that. However, we are called to co-labor. So if it's not growing, if it's not expanding across uh, specifically our context here in the U.S. Um, and in our churches, then something's not right. And so we were talking and felt like it was really encouraging. So I just want to encourage people here today. Um, so his question was like, what are you guys doing at, at your church and I reminded him, I was like, we're still figuring it out. Like we're so far from perfect and not nailing it, but we're figuring it out little by little. Um, and the very first thing I said to him is this, is like, listen, it's okay to let the past be the past. Um, and I, and I felt that in my spirit, you know, the scripture verse came into my heart. It's in Isaiah and um, it's Isaiah 43, 19. It's like, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And, that, and I know there's context to that scripture and all that's happening there, but I love the spirit of the Lord that he drops verses in my heart and in our hearts to remind us like, hey, listen, I, this is what's up. And so we, when, as we were talking, he's like, I'm doing a new thing. And so I said to the pastor, I said, listen, like the Lord's doing a new thing. So let's let go of what was and ask him what the new thing is today for the future. And the very first thing I said to him was like, listen, we just got to come to grips with some people, some things are just never going to return back to what was pre-COVID. I think we all can come to grips with that. It'd be a lot easier of us to move forward, but it's a hard thing, right? As pastors, we want to lead well. We want to help people. We want to get those that are back in the seats, back in the seats. But I've just come to grips in my own heart. Like if they're not back now, what we've been kind of pseudo out of it, or maybe we've been out of it for like a year and a half, two years, um, specifically from like the lockdowns and not being able to meet. If people aren't back, they've either, they they have either moved away, mm-hmm. or they have chosen that church faith is not a priority. Yeah. Um. Whatever, whichever one that is. Um. And for some, they've just realized like online works, online church works, and that's a good thing. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. But, um, I just was saying to him like, listen, new thing, like the new thing. And so, pastor, this is for you. If you're listening and you're like, I just want to go back to the old days, the old days are done. Um, I think the Lord is saying across the landscape of the church, like, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And we've talked about that in previous episodes about just like how to cultivate that, how to build that in your own heart and in your church, what that looks like. Um, but 
I, I just wanted him to know first and foremost, like we have not seen a return to what was. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was joking. We looked across the landscape. Rach and I were gone for a couple of weeks. And and if I share this before, forgive me, but we came back from being away for like three weeks. And I and I went up to preach and I got done and I looked out to the church and I and I I remember come, looking out to the church, getting done, coming down, sitting next to Rachel. They were closing service, and I just leaned over and I was like, "I don't know, fifty to sixty percent of these people." And we like laughed, and I was like, "No, Rachel, I'm serious. Like, I don't know who these people are." And so that was like kind of sobering. Like, this is new, new people, new methodologies, new ways, um, and new. Some of them have been the ancient practices of the church: prayer, worship, gathering, you know, all that. But like, some of these are new ways to think. So. I think first and foremost is like coming to grips with the old stuff is done. The new things are here. And like, then what are those practical things that yeah we can start to do? Yeah. Cause I think too, we are talking, it's also not all numbers, obviously. Like that's one of the biggest things. It's like that. And we talked about that in the past. Yeah. Like you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to bring those people back and like, yeah, we want to build the kingdom, but you can't literally force people to be in those seats on Sunday or force them to turn on, YouTube, whatever that may be. And so it's less of the focal point and just being like confident in what you're being called to do. And they'll come when they'll come. They'll come when they're ready. They'll come when they feel led to. And we just have to trust in that process. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So I, I think coming to grips with that. And then I shared with them just a couple of thoughts that I had of like, here's some ways to move forward that, that I think I've settled in my spirit. We in our context of our church has settled. And the first thing is this is like, we are going to do gatherings really well, AKA services. So our Sunday mornings, our prayer meetings, like we believe um, at our church, like do it with excellence, do it well, make it, make it a place where people can come in and experience the presence of the Lord. So what does do it well mean? (laughs) Like, it's like, okay, do it well, but is that, you know, checking certain box, like certain things that we need to do this is it you know cultivating community like what is do it yeah, well look yeah like? yeah that's a great question i think doing it well in the context of gathering services whatever you put your title to it is still doing it unto the lord um preparing well having your volunteers in place raising people up doing all that that you know having good worship having good teaching like teach the word prepare in that way um but I think one thing for us has been like, we're going to host the presence of the Lord. That's our call. It's our mandate, connecting with God and then also connecting others to God. So it's no longer like Sundays, Wednesdays for us matter, but people aren't coming back into the building as much as we were seeing before. So what we did and what we need to continue to do is how to connect them at a level where they're not in the building, but we're connecting with them outside of the building. So I think growing churches will make a way for that to happen where you will be able to connect with people, whether it's people that come to your church, used to come to church, or have never come to your church. you got to find a way to connect again um, with those people. I think it's that spirit of John the Baptist, which is the evangelistic, I say that always slow and very slow so I can say it right. Don't judge me. Uh, it's that spirit of evangelism that wants to is crying out again. And, and, and it's from the Lord, like calling out, I'm doing a new thing. So that that spirit of evangelism to call out to people to say like, Hey, the Lord is really good. Jesus is still really, really good. He's, he's good news. And so I think sh- 
do the services excellent. Put your work in. If you have the ability that you have a staff to do all that stuff, but if you're like a one or two man or, or you know, two people sh get staff and you can't put all the effort into the services like you used to, that's okay. Do it unto the Lord, but then create a way and a method within your church that's going to reach out to the people that aren't coming into Sunday or midweek services. Yeah. I think to it, you're just making me think of there's someone at our church who I have only met online. I met her during when we would do like online O groups and I noticed her the other day and I'm looking at her. I kept staring at her. I'm like, why do you look so familiar? And I finally asked and they're like, oh, she's like back in town. She lived overseas. And so she's back in service. But it is, it's like making those connections wherever it may be that then to the and for pastors, it's like the pressure doesn't always have to be 100% on y'all. I've talked about this a lot with your wife of like creating that funnel yeah. that then you can create a team because it, it's not sustainable for even if you have 10 pastors, it's not sustainable for them to be cl that closely knit to every single body that is in the church. And so if you can create that funnel as well, like if you're pouring into your people that they can pour into others, that that can help keep that family atmosphere so everyone feels seen everyone feels heard um and they feel that community that i think is what we're really longing for when we when we go into a church we go into a church building for sure i totally agree yeah yeah so i i, I we gonna say something no go for it i was just gonna say so I, I just shared that with him and then i said to him that i i saw during covid we saw during covid a really um incredible opportunity to actually allow our mission of our church to unfold. Mm -hmm. So the mission of our house, briefly just paraphrases, like connecting with God and connecting others to, to God's holy presence. And so we looked at that across the landscape of COVID. How are we doing outreach? How are we supporting the city? How are we helping those that, you know, needed help in that hour? Mm -hmm. And so I, the fear is, is that once now things have gone back to normal, people are just back to the like regular scheduled program and the mission then gets lost again. And I think that's one thing that was very apparent in COVID was the mission of the church. And I'm talking Campbell Church to be the hands and feet of Jesus mm -hmm. was lost prior, got really strong during COVID and now seems to be going back to like, well, it's when it's convenient. And so I said to the guy, I was like, listen, don't lose your mission. Whatever your mission is, put that thing full full throttle ahead and go after that more because the mission isn't just gatherings. Mm -hmm. Yes, don't give up the meaning of the saints. Yes, get together. We believe that. But if it's it's much more than just like filling the room. Mm -hmm. It's like doing the missional mandate. Mm -hmm. So for us, like I'm telling our team, you know, or, or Rachel, my wife, Rachel is telling the team like, her team for well to well, which is our outreach. Like we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do more. Like we gotta actually do our missional mandate of connecting others, right? So in this hour, it's like it's okay if the room's not full. And trust me, I'm the guy at times. I, I gotta come to groups with this at times where I turn around. I'm like, where is our church? You know, it's it's service time. We're we're just usually twenty. We're in the city. We're, it's like everyone's late. Everyone's late. <laughs> Pastors in the city, like you know, you probably know what we're dealing with, like. It's like, where is everybody? You know, 20 minutes goes by, the room's full, but it's like, sometimes you're like, do people not love the Lord anymore? You know, and I'm not judging anybody in our church that listens to this, but it's going like, yes, I'm passionate about that, but I'm also passionate about us being the church here in a city like Chicago to do the outreach, to do the work that God's called us to do. And COVID allowed us to do that. And if we get back to just doing the work that 
was prior to COVID, the service plannings, the the right worship sets, the the, 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 the instead of being like, no, let's be the hands and feet of Jesus, then we are missing a really prime opportunity. So I told him that I said that's that's another one. Yeah, and I think to it, you just made me think of I I laughed going into COVID. There was all these books. The only one that's coming to mind is like the ruthless elimination of hurry. But there was like three or four faith-based authors that wrote about slowing down right before COVID, which is like looking back, it's hilarious. But I think that's too, where we were able to slow down and you could have the FaceTimes and Zooms with people and have those times. But then now we get back to work days and commutes and life and activities. And so then everything else kind of fizzles, fizzles out. And then church may be the first thing to go. But even with that, you lose people are losing that connection point of like they're in the rat race and they're no longer following up with their people, following up with their community, like making that diligent time. And so making, and then people feel alone. I know we felt that too. So like to your point, we've tried to create different areas, different gatherings or things like that outside of the Sunday, Wednesday for people to connect and find then their people that they can have little mini families outside of the walls of Oasis. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, too, this is a point we'll maybe hit at the end here. I think we'll get to it, but, like, from an, from a leadership apostolic role or, you know, people that we believe in the fivefold. So, like, that role of, like, seeing the landscape and seeing the vision of it, one of it is, like, build your people up to be people that connect with one another. Like, don't give up on that. Encourage that. Find ways to make that happen. Like, if it's, a you know, for someone potlucks are a thing like do a potluck if it's like gathering at the beach pushing pushing people to get if it's like us who we got rid of i mean we shook things up we got rid of our small groups um to formulate a new way of of doing discipleship and gatherings but like we still stress to our church like get together for dinners open up your home hospitality is a core value for our church so like we're gonna push that that's a missional thing for our house so leader like Think creatively, ask for wisdom from the spirit to think creatively to get people in the room together. If it's not even just a Sunday, but like consistently throughout the week, because it did happen virtually a lot through COVID and people felt that connection when they needed it the most. The reality is, is now work, life, schedule, summertime, all this stuff is fully packing our schedule, but people are still crying out in their, in their spirit that they need that connection one to another. And so church leader, like, push your church to do that if that if that's a mission for you yeah. do it well and i think you bring a good point like everything was virtual and now you can still get service virtually but you can't get those other gatherings or at least we're not providing those gatherings virtually and so it kind of brings up that point then too of the the virtual aspect of it mm-hmm. like we we never did virtual service and we started we doing own, we did own cameras we did till so two weeks after shutdown lockdown in Chicago we didn't own a camera someone made a joke when we moved into our new space like man we're like three years from like live streaming our church and literally two weeks later we had we were scrambling to buy cameras continue no yes but I mean we've continued to do that yeah and so it it has shifted that landscape of then opening up that opportunity for to for people to be able to stay home and watch service but there's a thousand other platforms and medias and people that they can also quote unquote get service from and so i guess that's somewhat of a statement but somewhat of a question too of like maybe two parts of one what how do how do then you approach that of i guess we'll start there like how do you approach that of okay like 
you're it's one platform oasis youtube is one platform but they can open up their typical instagram okay. tiktok yeah, yeah, anything yeah. and get get anything so anything they want yeah great great question point um i, I was we were talking about that in, in the conversation and let me just say this first one of the things i said they have a building we don't we rent a space so church planner mobile church like we're still in that model where we go set up tear down we don't have our own space um but what I said to this individual was like, you have a space. So use your space differently than what you did before COVID. So one of one of my dearest brothers in the faith, like good friend here in Chicago, um, they have turned their church entire like second floor to be a home, a dwelling place for families, uh, immigrant families that have come. And so Chicago has seen an influx of that. Um, and we see it like as a great opportunity to help and to love, you know, he said, like, we pray for the harvest. We can't determine what the harvest is going to look like, mm-hmm. like they're, they're people that need Jesus. So he, they have taken their church and turned their entire second floor into a home for 30 plus people, families. Um, I'm like, that's a hero in the faith today. Now you might not be called to that with your building, but man, we have these buildings within our communities, cities, suburbans middle of nowhere, turn your building into an opportunity, into a space that will reach people, reach the community. I was just, I was down with this pastor and we were talking in the space that they're at has like, it is ginormous, multiple buildings, multiple facilities, huge gymnasium, like workout facilities and just like crazy. And I'm like, so is this packed? Like, are you guys? And it was just like, ah, and I'm like, Dude, if I, if I was, if he could make the decision, I'd be like, dude, build this thing to be something where the community is using your space and your facilities 24 seven. Yeah. Like get, especially a place here, get the people in your building. Now I know there's a lot of care that can happen in that. You can see, you know, wear and tear, who cares if people would know that your church is a place where they can utilize the building itself and the presence of God is there in the space. Cause I believe that like sacred space holy ground open up your buildings figure out ways to use your buildings instead of just a sunday gathering space or a wednesday or a couple meetings open up your space for endless amount of opportunities for the community so i said that to them and and i said like you know keep your online stuff going It, it like we have gone back and forth whether we should keep it or not we're not some church that's gonna have thousands of views on the internet I, I don't care. I, I, people, but what's cool about keeping it is we actually have people that watch Oasis who are not in Chicago. I just got a text a couple of days ago, maybe it was a week ago, forgive me. Um, someone moved from Chicago to Florida during COVID and they watch Oasis every week. And they said, me and my family love the church, have, still believe in what God's doing and get fed from it. I encourage them, like, hope you find a church, you know, get, get into a body. But like in the meantime, they're, they're watching Oasis. So like keep the, keep the stuff going if you're doing it, but also like be okay with like, I'm not TD Jakes and we're not going to have the cleanest live stream. We've had so many live stream issues and the, like just the craziest stuff. And it's like, do we continue to have headaches with this stuff? It's like, yes, well, let's just be okay with like, it's not going to be super clean. It's not going to be super cool. We're not going to have 20 people on cameras. We have our three cameras and we have good audio and we're going to just, if people want to watch it, let them watch it. But like, it's not about like trying to build for us at least this mega internet platform. 
Those aren't going away, everyone. So if you're a church leader and you're like, what should I envision? Like, know that internet church is here to stay. It, unfortunately. Yeah. But maybe fortunately, but maybe it's like, it's like, it's like a double-edged sword. Yeah. It's a good thing until it's not a good thing. It's a great thing for people that can't come. We have people in our church that work Sunday mornings now. Yep. Their schedules and life completely change. Yeah. So they get to watch the live stream while they're working. Yeah. And I think that's cool. Um, so I don't know if I'm answering your question, but like, I think use your building's different. Yeah. Use the internet to reach people if you can do that, but also don't compete and try to be something and try to waste a bunch of money trying to make your live stream beefed up. If you're just a church that's like, hey, listen, we're, we're, we're comfortable with just filming this thing, mm-hmm. having some good audio. It's for the people that we know. Um, but if the Lord grace you to do it, do it well. Yeah. Well, I think, I think to your, like all of that though, it really goes back to the community because someone can still watch online and do all that, but they're still going to be missing something. They may still be getting great words, great wisdom, great learnings, but you can only get so much by watching a service online. And so yes, there's still beauty of having the online services, but there's something else that needs to be provided or that would, is the fruitfulness of churches and those families totally. and the community that you can wrap yourself around. You're hundred percent right. You brought, you just let it like perfect into it. Like I said to him at the end of the day, like content no longer will keep a church growing. Mm-hmm. Um, we are content junkies. Like we, we, uh, you know, we used to make the joke during COVID, like people are so sick of the screen. They're not. Like if you go on people's average hours on their phones, it's insane. The the TikTok, the the YouTube, the streaming services that people are watching. I mean, the US Open was just on, right? I love golf. And so it was just on last weekend. In my phone, I found myself streaming the US Open the entire weekend, right? We're not tired of our screens. Yeah. We're just as church leaders, we're trying to compete against other churches that do it well. Like I don't need to compete with some great churches that are doing online well do it and our people will probably watch it it'll be awesome but what i will com- compete if there is that word to to replace that we probably should like what i will do for our context is make sure that we're doing community really well because regardless of how much people are watching screens they're still desperate for the community yeah and content won't cut it alone we have to have connection we have to have community we have to have a place where people can come in and feel seen feel loved feel embraced and feel like, man, they're getting fed. Um, and I think that is a huge thing that I said to him, like people will go where they're getting fed. Yeah. Well, and I think to like kind of wrap it up with what are you having to do post COVID? You have to ask yourself, like, what were we missing during COVID? I think we all have, we've all been used to having people around us. We didn't realize. And you can just see if you take that one thing away, you took community away from people's lives. And that's where really dark places people went into really dark places. And so the thing that we really, people really need, like they sold their Bibles, they sold online streaming, but it was community that they were missing. And so now post COVID, that's what we can focus on. Build the community, host God's presence, build a strong community of people. An indicator that your church has, does community well is when you end the service and how fast people clear out of the sanctuary. Yep. We have to turn off our lights. Yeah. And I'm not trying to like, (laughs) you can say that, but like, I can say that. Yeah. Like, that's a really good indicator. People are 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 just are connecting, is when they do that. Um, even multiple services, we had to do that. When we did that. Um, I'll end the point with this. This is the final thing. As I said 
to the, the pastor, I said, I think this is a really good moment. Behold, the Lord's doing new things. So as he's speaking today and as he's sharing his heart today, don't be scared to shake things up within your context, within your church. Do Experiment. Change change the rhythms up. Change the flows up. I remember uh, uh, an oversight of ours. Um, he was a part of a really large megachurch. And he said they used to just change times of service gatherings just because they didn't want people to get comfortable. And it was shocking to hear that. I mean, I'm talking this is like a 15, 20,000 person church. And they would just change times up during the summer. That was years ago. And I, it resonated in my heart today. Of like, they might not be just changing service times, but it might be the way you do small groups. It might be the way that you do a midweek. And a midweek's not just a Bible study. It's actually people are gathering to pray. Maybe you're praying in an open field, if that's your context. Maybe you're praying throughout the city. Maybe you're gathering in a room to pray and worship God. Whatever it is, experiment greatly and be daring to like dream. And I think that goes towards like pastors. Some of you think you're just like called to like cultivate the care, but you actually have like a like a spirit of the apostolic on you to build and to do some things that you feel the Lord saying to you, go for it. I think now's the time to go for it and see what hits. See what hits of how to reach the next generation. We have a huge gap generationally within the church. And so like I'm looking to younger guys going, what's connecting with these young people? Because we got to get them in the room right now or else we're going to lose out on a whole generation. So let's experiment with that. That's a conversation I'm having within some of our pastors and leaders. Like, How do we connect that? So pastor, leader, experiment go boldly like dream and go after stuff in your context in your community that you have not done and if it works great and if the lord's on it you'll know but don't be afraid to do it fail forward and, and try so yeah i think that was my conversation with them and i just thought man i wonder how many people are thinking this wondering this maybe it helps maybe it doesn't maybe you know more share it with us we'd love to know too your thoughts please but uh yeah go after it right now yeah dream big yeah definitely well, that's it for us today, y'all. Thanks for listening. We will talk to y'all next time on our conversation with Ordinary Pastors.